At Cool Air Products, we developed AC Smart Seal Quick Shot with professionals in mind. It's the only product on the market that's three in one with sealant, lubricant, and UV dye all in a single application. It's non-toxic, non-flammable, 100% safe to the touch, eco-friendly, and compatible with all refrigerants. It's a safe solution option, backed by years of R&D, Intertech tested, and has sealed millions of leaks. AC Smart Seal, the professional's choice. House Call Pro is extending an offer to the listeners of this podcast. If you hit up the landing page, which is housecallpro.com forward slash HVAC know it all, you're going to receive 50% off for your first three months of using the platform. Now, the platform is an all in one management system for your business for invoicing, dispatching, scheduling. Uh, there's live GPS tracking, there are payment options so you can take payment straight at the door from the customer. So if you guys are interested in bringing your business into the future, House Call Pro, and like I mentioned on the last podcast, is technician approved, right? And that's important to me. If a technician likes it, that means it's a good product. So check it out, guys. Housecallpro.com forward slash HVAC know it all. All right, guys, welcome back to the podcast. So last week we talked to Sarah and something kind of weird happened during the post-production when it mixed the tracks and I was talking about how cool Zencaster was when I was talking to Sarah and then kind of like put my foot in my mouth. It's still a great, it's still a great platform, but for some reason when it mixed the tracks near the end of the podcast, maybe the second or, or the last third of the podcast, I'm going to say the second half, but I think it was about the last third of the podcast. Our voices started to overlap a little bit, which I found kind of weird. And maybe you guys did if you listen, but it's because the tracks mixed Maybe there was a glitch that day in, in the platform. But anyway, I just wanted to, to bring that up just in case you guys were wondering what was going on. Anyway, Daniel Guest is our Daniel Guest is our guest on the podcast. His last name is Guest. Daniel owns and operates Guest Plumbing and Heating out of the Hamilton, Ontario area in Canada, not far from me, to be honest with you. And the reason I reached out to Daniel is because his positivity on LinkedIn, which is a social or more of a, it's an unsocial network. It's more of a professional network, but there's a lot of social stuff that happens on there. Anyway, if you guys aren't on, on uh, LinkedIn, I suggest you do because it's a good way to network with people. Now I saw his posts on LinkedIn and they were phenomenal when it came to positivity about being a leader, um, not only within the company that you're running, but a leader in the community. And I'm going to have a discussion with Daniel about growing a company and growing it the right way. Okay, you can start a company at any given day. Okay, and if you don't have plans and ideas about how you're going to grow that company correctly, your company could fall apart. Okay, it's all about team building and being a thoughtful leader. All right. And doing things for the community, being positive. Daniel's wrapping all this stuff up into one package and you'll understand why during this conversation. So we're going to get to Daniel right now and cool thing for him as he just started um, an HVAC side of the business as well, right? Plumbing and heating. And now he's starting an HVAC side of the business, which is very, very cool. So he's growing and in a short six years, he's only 29 years old. He was licensed he was a licensed plumber at 21. 
Okay, so the guy's got drive. So listen up, pay attention. This is the HVAC Know-It-All Podcast. I'm your host, Gary McCready. Welcome to the HVAC Know-It-All Podcast. Recorded from a basement somewhere in Toronto, Canada. Your host and HVAC tech, Gary McCready, will take you on a deep dive into the industry discussing all things HVAC. From storytelling to technical discussion. Enjoy the show. Hey, Daniel. How you doing, man? Good, Gary. How are you? I'm doing well tonight, and I'm, uh, I'm glad you're on because uh, I've, seen, I've seen many of your posts on LinkedIn. And one thing that I notice about you that stands out like a sore thumb is your positivity, and you're always smiling, and you always seem to be doing something productive. Am I, am I getting that right there? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm happy you said productive and not busy. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah definitely, man. I think, uh, you know, LinkedIn's just such a great platform on so many different levels. And, you know, sending that positive energy out there, even in some challenging times, I think it's just so important not to kind of give into that, um, you know, what can be a negative space, especially in business right now, but mm-hmm. uh, turning it into a positive. So I'm happy that my... My energy is portrayed the proper way on LinkedIn. So thank you. Yeah, no problem, man. So you are the owner of Guest Plumbing and Heating, correct? Yes. Yes. And, and we you're... just launched uh, Guest Heating and Air Conditioning as well. Oh, sweet. Cool. So is that is that a separate company or is that kind of under the same umbrella? Yeah, well, same umbrella. So Guest, um, the goal when I opened the business was Guest would be kind of the name and the and the logo and the brand and then there'd be a couple sub brands under it once we got you know our feet in the ground and the ball rolling so um yeah so we just launched in august of this year guest heating and, and air conditioning um so yeah like we've been you know, plumbing and hvac go hand in hand so um for us it was kind of a no-brainer we just wanted to make sure that we had all our processes in place until we expanded mm-hmm. and and i noticed like you're uh like, I, I don't want to get some people like I get I, I guess somebody's age last week and I was way off. I thought they were in their early 20s, but they're actually 30. So like, do you, like how, how like you look like a relatively young guy and you look very yeah. energetic. And and I mean, I, I just wanted to get some of your, your story here as to how you got to this this business ownership and now second business and, and at such a, a young age. Like, how old are you? I'm 29, just turned 29. 29, okay. Um, I was, I yeah. okay, so I'm closer on this one because I was going to say about 30, 31, so I'm close. So I, I actually pegged you for a little bit older, but that's probably because the maturity factor comes through on that one. Yeah, like, I mean, fake it till you make it doesn't last long when you're dealing with, yeah. with other people's money and businesses and buildings. Um, but yeah, I just, I was very fortunate to get into the trade from a young age and, um, I mean, I was at the time I was the youngest guy in our company to get licensed. So I actually got licensed at 21. Um, so I was kind of plumbing out of the womb, and then and then yeah, after a couple of years, I had some great opportunities and opened opened a business at 23. Um, so yeah, we're we're in our sixth year now, which is just going fantastic. I mean, especially with COVID, right? Like being able to overcome challenges like this, I think is a, a huge accomplishment for, for a lot of people. Um, I mean, some people look at it as like a, like a negative, but in business, any challenge that you can overcome, I think is just a huge positive, you know, it might cost money, this and that, but you know, continued learning and, and growth is for me, is just the best. 
Mm-hmm. And license at 21. That that's 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 incredible. So how is because you're you're in the Hamilton, Ontario area. So you're not very far from the basically where I'm based out of my uh, the office I work out of or uh, my office is in Mississauga. So we we do all the GTA and, and, and everything. So um, 21 is a young age to be licensed. Did you have to do a five year apprenticeship for plumbing as well? So they say five, the, the, the misconception is people say five years. Um, but a lot of people don't understand that it's 9,000 hours. So yeah. they break it. Yeah. They break down 9,000 hours based on the union, um, which is a good thing, but they base it on a 36 hour work week. Mm-hmm. So I started at 17, uh, in a co-op and then I just worked every lick of overtime that I could. So I was actually able to complete it in four years. Ah, okay. Smart. Mm-hmm. Smart man. And, yeah, and well, being... I, was, I was also given given the opportunity, right? And you know, yeah. instead of uh, you know, I, d- I did my fair share going out when I was younger, but um, a lot of the Saturdays and Sundays were work days for me. Um, which, like, I looked at it like the faster I could get licensed, the more money I was able to make. I actually had no drive to to own my own business. I just knew that, you know, how do I get to the top of the food chain faster? Hmm. Yeah. See, when I was when I was twenty one, I was just a year into the trade in the, in the, the refrigeration and, and HVAC trade. And I wasn't fully licensed until geez, because what had happened with me is I got in and I didn't even go to my first block of schooling training until like three years in, it was just, it was just really bizarre. So I ended up, I don't think I got licensed to like 27 or 28. So it was actually, longer than five years for me i i was getting i was getting for a lot of people yeah i was actually they they were they were fair though they they bumped the pay up to like the journeyman rate even though i hadn't written yet because i had the experience and the knowledge i just didn't have the piece of paper so that that was good but i don't believe i got the license till i was 28 if i remember correctly so i mean 21 that's that's a super young age so you were probably buying a house when all your friends were partying and and hanging out and stuff like that right yeah man yeah yeah got a got an investment um a couple investment properties and just you know like your um the opportunities there i was fortunate enough to have some some very influential people around me that kind of pushed me in the right direction um but yeah like i mean around the same time i think i was just a little bit younger i think i had just bought my first house so i was probably 22 when i bought my first house Mm-hmm. 21 or 22 um so yeah it was it was great opportunity like i don't know if you guys know fomo but there was some crazy fomo from the parties from university and college that my friends were going to that i wasn't wasn't always around for because saturday mornings i had to get up early <laughs> but yeah. uh yeah i mean the trades are just such a such a great place to be if it's something that you like and create a passion for mm-hmm I, I should probably touch on FOMO for a minute because I know I know that word from doing some some research on on business startup and app development and and FOMO is like a tactic that that people use in in business too and it's fear of missing out. Is that how you know it as fear of missing 100%, out? FOMO, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. 100%. <laughs> so there's probably a lot of people who are like FOMO. What what, what is that? <laughs> yeah. So we, yeah, we try to throw it in there because you know it's uh, 
it's tough, right? You got to give up something to, to get something else. And it, I mean, it can go both ways, right? For me, it was fear of missing out on the money. Uh, but then when you're, you know, grass is always greener when you're, um, you know, when you're out working every day, your fear of missing out is the party scene, right? Mm-hmm. College university parties never, never did much of that. So, um, I have more time and energy to do it now <laughs> a little bit anyway, with the, with the business taking most of my energy, but yeah, it's, uh, it was it was cool being that young, seeing most of my friends getting out of college, university, and myself already being done, and uh, you know starting my career, making some real money. Yeah, yeah. It's it's it, take us maybe through through that 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 process of how you because there's a lot of people on the fence of they have the skills, right? They have the skills technically but they have a fear of starting their own business. I mean, there's always fear because there's always, I don't know what's going to happen on the other side once I leave my job that's comfortable and making good money and then I'm going to go out on my own. It's scary as shit. So how how do you get over that hump and just say, I'm going to go for it? Like what what, what are some of the, the mental steps that you took to get yourself there? Um, I think it's a bit like, it's a big question because, like you want to look, <laughs> excuse me, you want to look at both sides, right? One is there's a lot of tradesmen that own businesses. Flip that around. There's not a lot of business owners that own trades companies. So, you know, you do get the freedom and, and all that stuff, but business is a skill set and your ability to, you know, take on risk is so, so important when entering your own business. So, um, like I've built up a risk tolerance over the year where like, you know, you don't really have an option of failure. It's not in the cards. So when you're making the decision to go on your own, what you want to ask yourself is, is entrepreneurship the right thing for me? Or am I just a really great tradesman? And maybe you don't want to be on the tools or you don't want to, you know, you don't want to grind it every day. You want to estimate, or you want to be a sales rep, or you want to, you know, start your own, own practice. Like, uh, one of the things that kind of failed me starting out is I didn't realize how challenging and diverse business was because we do a lot of stuff where it's, you know, ask, ask a business owner, what is business? And if they answer anything to do with their own business, they're not a great business owner because business is marketing, business is sales, business is collections, business is social work, business is people. And, you know, understanding that only happens once you're in business. Mm-hmm. you know there's no playbook for that so i would say if anyone wanted to go out on their own i would really have them analyze you know the reasons behind it mm-hmm. um and then also like you know what drives them so you know freedom's one thing but um getting into your own business is, is so rewarding in so many different ways for myself being a part of the community has been a huge asset and they're just so so fortunate i feel to be you know, part of the growth and the community that supports me, I'm able to give back now. Like we're doing a, a coat drive this year and um, we just did a food drive to the YWCA and, and being able to be recognized in the city as, um, as a leader, I think it's just phenomenal. So you kind of want to ask yourself, like, you know, do you want to work 24 seven, 365? Um, to get kind of the freedoms that you might uh, not get being, you know, working for somebody else. Yeah, very, very, very true. 
And I think, I think a lot of people too, like, do you, do you have kids or, or not, not yet? I, I, I say I have 28 kids and then my staff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See, a lot of, a lot of people get into, they'll start, they won't start as young as yourself. They, they, they didn't have that, uh, maybe the drive or maybe the luck or, or it, it just didn't fall into place for them. And then when they get to like mid thirties and then they have the skill set but they've got like three kids and then they got to make sure there's food on the table every night, then it becomes a real struggle. So, I mean, I think if, if anybody's going to go into this, I think they need to make the decision. If they have no kids now, they don't have, um, they, they're not, there's nobody depending on them financially. Now is probably the time to, to jump in. If you're considering it is what I would say, because once you have a bunch of kids, (laughs) that's it, man. I, so I think that's an, I think that's a, a good point. And I mean, again, it's what's your risk tolerance, but mm-hmm. just imagine your drive was that you had to put food on the table for your kids. Mm-hmm. I couldn't, I'm not a father, but I yeah. know a lot of fathers and I could not think of a better way to get yourself up in the morning and make sure your business is doing well. than have then then have a kid and uh, some kids and a wife at home that were or husband that were relying on you, mm-hmm. um, which I think, it cripples a lot of people. Like I came from a large company where I used to have the conversation with a lot of guys and they'd say, Oh, I'd love to do a year gym, but I have kids. And I think, you know, it's, I've just, I've seen it both sides now being in business for a little bit. And I know people that have started their business at 40, 35, 30. It's just, it's, it's either have it and you really, really want it and you'll do anything in the world to get to it or you don't. Yeah. Right. Like if you want to talk about creating a nest egg, like move into a smaller house, don't buy that house rent for a bit. Like if you really want to be in business, don't allow things to hold you back just because maybe I would say society and and the norm is, oh, well, you have you have kids, you have a family and like you things are going to suffer like business owner. If you talk to if if someone says work life balance, they're not excelling. I would say I'm not saying they're not doing well, but they're definitely not excelling at any. Mm-hmm. Cause if you want to be doing really good at work, you know, your, your lifestyle is going to be sore. If you want to be a, a great dad, you're not working the overtime at work. Right. And I think it's just kind of, where do you want to be a rock star in your lifestyle? Um, and I'm not saying like, if you're not one, you're bad at the other. I'm just saying, if you really want to give something your all, whether it be a marriage a relationship, kids, um, you know, education, work, you need to put that extra time. in. so just kind of like, even in fitness, right. We have a couple guys in our company that are super fit and, you know, instead of the, the overtime hours, they, they go to the gym or they hit the, you know, hit the track. So I think don't limit yourself based on, you know, Oh my God, I'm 35 and I have two kids. I can't open a business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, I guess they just need to figure out, the logistics of it all and and yeah, maybe plan, uh, I, I think if, if somebody has a bit of a bank account like a little of a bank roll to, to kind of back themselves up a little bit mm-hmm. during that that time that they're trying to build and and grow and 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 make a little bit of money then i think it also helps too i think you have to put yourself in a in a position to to succeed um but a lot of people don't. They're just like, screw it, man. I'm I'm quitting. I'm going out of my home tomorrow. Like it's just some people just make that 
quick snap decision, maybe based on something that might have happened at their job and they didn't like it and they, they're just done and that's it. They just make that snap decision and they're they're gone. All right, a few things here. This is exciting for me. We're now in a working relationship for the near future with Interplay Learning. And if you heard Doug Donovan on the podcast a few weeks ago talking about the platform, it's a virtual training platform. And I've been getting a lot of feedback from people that have tried it. Actually, one person said they got their nephew to try it. And the kid knows a whole bunch of stuff about HVAC and he joked that he knows more than the peop- half the people that are commenting on these groups. <laughs> it was just a joke, but they have a very cool virtual training platform. And you should go back and listen to that podcast with Doug because it explains it all in detail. And we have a very open and honest conversation about the product. But one of the things he says is that the, the single tech that wants to get on there and learn, it's $20 per month right? And then they can go through it at their own pace with the modules and, and the, the learning criteria and learn, learn in their own environment, right? And absorb knowledge. And then there's, there's obviously, um, larger scale, larger scale uses for businesses that want to purchase it for, for their, for their techs while they, they train them up. So interplay learning, Guys, go check it out 100% for sure. It is the future of of HVAC training. So the capacitor shelf with magnet. Supco's got a capacitor shelf with magnet. That's basically what it is. It comes in a little plastic bracket, comes with a zip tie. You put your capacitor on it, you zip it closed, and you stick it in the unit anywhere you want that you can fit it because the magnet is pretty strong. just kind of sticks anywhere. Now there is a lot of, anytime I post something that's relatively new, the comments are always polarizing. There's people like, oh, that's badass. I want that. There's people like, well, why would I buy that when I can use plumber strap? Well, if you've seen my little video, I put it on TikTok. I put it on Instagram. I put it on Facebook. I put it on LinkedIn. It is a very professionally looking bracket. So when you're done, it looks good. I don't know how many times I've seen pictures with capacitors still in the box after the the tech goes out there and he's done it's still sitting in the box anyway so check that out the other thing i want to mention is the new digital scale from yellow jacket yes there's no screen or display on it this the screen and displays on your mobile device your phone or your tablet but it, it's got some really cool displays it's got elapsed time it's got the weight um, that's been taken from the bottle and it's got the gross weight of the bottle still so it's it's a pretty cool scale I like using it so far. I mean, a lot of these scales that are coming out now, the the display is is separate anyway. Um, so this is just a, an extension of that. And people say, well, if my phone battery dies, then I, I, I can't see it. Well, scales take batteries anyway. If the scale battery dies, then you're, you're out of luck. So it's just an extension of that. And I like it so far. So if you guys are into looking for the... A digital scale it uses the YJack view app which connects one of the best apps for connectivity when it comes to smart tools I find it really really connects up really really quick so check that out as well dryers filter dryers not a lot of people protect them and the reason I protect them is because I don't want to scorch and burn the paint now some dryers come with long stubs and you can get away with it some dryers come with short little stubs and heating that joint up if you watch closely the paint starts to bubble 
And when that paint starts to bubble, you can scorch it with your torch. Um, the paint starts to bubble over time, it can chip away and leave it exposed to corrosion. Anyway, so I use Viper Wet Rag to wrap all my filter dryers. If I'm doing a TX valve, which is not very often, um, hot gas bypass, anything that is heat sensitive, I always wrap it with Viper Wet Rag. It's reusable, okay? Um, it's a blue putty. Basically, I squeeze out all the air bubbles before I use it and then mount it around my valve. That way, when you, you squeeze out the air bubbles, it helps to stick and grab better. So it's just a little tip for you guys to check out. So let's get back to Daniel, guys. 100%. You, you see it all the time, right? Um, but anything in life, it, it, planning is key. And like, you know, sometimes, like for myself, once I made the decision, it was like, okay, well, at the time I was running they used to call us junior foreman. So you'd work under your foreman kind of, and then at the end of the job, you'd take the job through its, um, like through the final couple months, all the deficiencies you get caught up on just so that you understood how to run a job and, you know, communication. Um, and I remember being like, I'm going to do this. And I was like, well, I can't let my company down. So I got a, I tried to give them a month's notice, I think. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and then I, you know, in that entire month, every hour of the day after that, I was planning the business. I was working on the website. I was coming up with the branding. I was coming up with the logo. So like, you know, you planning is super, super important. And if I can give any piece of advice to anybody is ask your employer and tell them to be honest with them. And I guarantee any, any great employer will not just support you, but they'll open the door. They'll give you advice that like, no one wants to see someone fail and, um, any good entrepreneur to the soul is more than happy to see people follow in the footsteps if that's really what they want to do. Mm -hmm. I was, I was actually going to ask you about that, how, how you would or have treated an employee that has left your business to go out on their own, especially if they live within the area that you're working in, because essentially they're going to become a competitor. And I talked to, um, I talked to one gentleman uh, that owns a fairly large business in Arizona. I think it's, um, yeah, it's Parker and sons out in Arizona. And, uh, he, he was saying that when somebody leaves to go out on their own, he actually helps them transition into that because he doesn't want to see them, them failing. Um, and he doesn't want to have people speaking ill about the way they left the company. And I seen an actual, I seen a, uh, it was a little animation or I don't know if it was an animation, but it was, it was, it was a drawing. It was a cartoon drawing and it was one of the, one of Gary Vaynerchuk's little posts. And it was, uh, somebody leaving, uh, a company. Right. And I think as they were leaving, they were saying how great the company was because they got us a, a really nice send off from the company as they were on their way out and two, somebody was walking in for an interview and they overheard it and they're like, and then a, like a little light bulb went off or something like that. So when, when you create that positivity, especially the people that are leaving, they'll go out and go, Oh my God, I was leaving. I thought I was, they were going to tell me to like leave right away. Like not give me, let, allow me to stay the two weeks and help out. And they were super cool with me. And, and then when you tell those stories, other people go, Oh, that'd be a cool company to work for. Maybe I'll go work there, right? So just, I think it's, 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 it's a snowball effect, the positivity when you treat people that way. Yeah, man. Like, um, I mean, I can only speak for myself, but I've obviously heard some, some bad stories, but like, we're, we're not, we don't, 
own people. They're not, people are not property. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, our business is a place to learn and grow as a person as well as in their career. Um, so like, you know, what hurts me sometimes is people don't think they have room to grow, um, which means I'm not doing my job. So if, if I'm a business owner and I want to be, you know, I want to have the best guys, well, I constantly have to be creating new opportunities for those guys to continue education, continue learning, continue growth. So we, we push that on our staff. Um, and we have, you know, we have an open door policy, but not everybody knows how to use it. We've had guys leave in the past, but yeah, man, we wish nothing but the best. And we try to make it as like transparent as possible when people leave, um, you know, whether it's, we had a, a, a technician just leave to go to Reliance and, um, you know, he got headhunted from LinkedIn because I got him on LinkedIn. And, you know, we promoted him to field supervisor, you know, I'm, I, I feel so fortunate for that opportunity. Like, in my opinion, if someone's poaching my guys, that's a compliment. Yeah, it's, a yeah, compliment. it's huge, yeah. man. And what it does is it, it leaves opportunity for the next, uh, next guy in line to showcase his skills and say, oh, why did he leave? And, you know, we want to be one of the best places to work, but that does not mean it fits for everybody. Um, you know, the, why we try to get the guy's goals. You know, if, if one of our guys says, all I want to do is high rise. Well, we don't do high rise. So um, let me get in touch with someone that does. And I can, you know, make sure that, you know, you get into the right company. Tell me more about what you want to know, right? Like, you know, the industry, it's, it's not that big, right? Um, as much as sometimes it feels massive. But if a business owner says, hey, I got a guy here that really wants to learn from your company. He's been great. He just wants a different set of training. <laughs> do you not think you're going to get the best guys in the industry? Mm-hmm. Right? Like. Um, so yeah, I, I feel very fortunate to have the opportunity to give people um, the opportunity to start a career. I mean, when I was 16, 17, I was offered the opportunity to, to do a co-op. It was not luck. It didn't fall on my lap. But, um, you know, just like you said, you didn't get signed up for a while, didn't go to school for three years. Well, that's probably because it was a delayed sign up, I'm, I'm assuming. I don't remember how, how it all went out. I th- I think the, yeah, I, I think there wasn't a sign up for like a year, but all the hours were, were still, were still. Yeah, they get back, in, they it, get backdated, but then yeah. they put you on the, the wait list for school. Right. And that's how you, yeah, that's that's right. how you get nicked. That's right. Yeah. So I, I don't recall like the entire process of it all, but I, I know it was late. And, and as to your point about training and stuff like that, there's, there's a saying about, um, well, what happens if I, um, train them and they leave and then yeah. on the flip side is, well, what yeah. happens if you don't and they stay <laughs> right. And and you have a whole bunch of untrained people. So you always have to be training and putting back into your, your em- employees that are within your company or guess what? Your company's not going to be very good if nobody knows what they're doing. So yeah, it, you always have to stay on top of it. And, and it seems like from, from your profile and, and how you go about, um, your day to day, it seems like you guys are very forward thinking in your, in your sort of objectives and in your processes as to, as to how you, you operate. Yeah, for sure, man. Like, you know, I absolutely love that quote. And the follow up on that quote is, is give them all the tools to leave and give them a reason to stay. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, again, that means create opportunity and, and, and people are in different positions in their career. Like, 
you know, uh, I'm, I'm a newer business owner. So all I'm thinking about is building a, a good team and quality service and customer service and growth. Um, I mean, we want to grow in the right way, not just grow. Um, but that being said, like, you know, maybe if I was in my 60s and I had a more established company, maybe I'm not continuously growing. But again, you want to mm-hmm. have those positions and, and give that opportunity for the next generation because, I mean, the, the training portion, it's a great career to get into, whether it's uh, refrigeration, plumbing, electrical, uh, sheet metal. Like, it's, you know, there's a lot of things outside of it that it just really sets you up for. Um, people skills, interactions. You know, it can turn introverts into extroverts really quick, being on a job site with a bunch of men and women that are, you know, go-getters and thinking outside the box and allowing yourself to be creative. Like, we just, I'm blown away by what it's done for myself. And if I can give someone that opportunity that might be a little lost or, or just wants to get in so bad, um, it it just, it tickles me, you know? It, it, mm-hmm. It's a very, uh, it's one of the best feelings I've ever gotten. Yeah, I like hearing that. I do. So. Tell me about the the heating and cooling business. Like, what made you decide to to fire that up after being in business for five or six years doing the plumbing and heating portion? Yeah, so we we do we specialize in residential and small commercial. Okay. Um, and what we were noticing, like, we've been subcontracting HVAC contractors for a number of years now, um, and we've got some great companies that we work with. But we found that the diversification was unique so they would do like we had some that just did commercial uh, refrigeration we had some that just did custom home roughings we had some that just did swaps and i thought what if our customers could like they call us anyway what if i can you know create this atmosphere and expand into um into the air conditioning and, and heating side of the business a little bit more because plumbing its own it's so diverse um, I used to do residential, then I went to commercial, I've done industrial and to know it all, it's very, very challenging. So I really believe in like specializing. Um, so one of the things that we're going to be bringing in is, is specialty HVAC technician, um, with a great, I have a great business partner in that, um, that business where he's, you know, he's a refrigeration mechanic as well as a business owner. And we just kind of thought, you know what, take my marketing and take my business sense and and expand and it really just allows us to serve our clients better um you know they know that the guest van is going to show up and, and take care of the the situation or you know make that new business flourish and uh, scheduling like you know hvac and, and plumbing always get scheduled together or on top of each other so uh, keep the communication up and just really support our clients and whatever their needs are cool so you are you going to be focusing on residential as well with the the hvac side yeah exactly yeah just the exact same uh like standards as our um as our plumbing division yep okay and yeah just really just support like you know our guys support each other so much as it is you know one guy's really strong in service and maybe he's not on the service that day and you know the guys are calling each other figuring out problems and overcoming things and um, like we're a paperless company, so, you know, the guys can FaceTime each other on the iPads or whatever they need. And I mean, it's, it's amazing. So just imagine adding, you know, one more, um, skill set to that mix, right? Hey, I got this gas on, I got to move, or I haven't seen this thing before. We're working on a boiler. What can we do? 
Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm actually glad you said you're paperless because that is so for, for me, if I was going to go right now, tomorrow, open up my own business, I would not want to have any papers because they, they just get so disorganized very quickly. They pile up. You got to find a spot for them. So what, what, um, what platform are you using for your, for all of your work orders and dispatching and all that kind of stuff? What are you guys using? Yeah. So we actually, um, it's been about a year, just over a year now and, um, we're fully integrated with Jobber. Um, and they've been amazing. So Jobber's like Jobber, the service Titan, there's, there's a couple different ones, but we, we picked Jobber because of the backend support that we got from them. Um, they have, I think over 300 staff. So, wow. you know, the big, <laughs> yeah. So it's a, it's a big problem when there's no, no, like, you know, what happens when the server's down. So we've got like, 20 iPads, I think now. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, all the guys are paperless and, you know, FaceTime, we can, uh, when we do an estimate, we can take photos of the job beforehand so the guys can go to the job prepared. And it's just not possible to do that without having proper app support. Yeah, the, the support from, from these technology-based companies, especially when there's so many moving parts, the support needs to be there or the business is going to fall apart. So I'm, I'm glad you're telling me that they're supporting their product because that is so if a product like for me if a product was finicky and had some bugs and stuff but the support was phenomenal then i could deal with it until they fixed it but if it had bugs and nobody answered the phone or the emails then i'll be done with you very very quickly so yeah the the support aspect is very important just like just like products in the field that we that we take care of like in in the hvac side yeah exactly man like you know every i always say anybody can sell you something right what what happens is there's an issue that's the first thing we ask for so all our all of our support all our sales team everybody like i don't anyone can sell me something at a better discount than somebody else let me know when the parts are wrong let me know when the server's down that's that's where i'll tell you where the customer service levels are and that's how you really build a strong business in my opinion Mm -hmm. yep I, I totally agree. And it's coming to the, it's coming to a bit of a, to be an issue here and on the HVAC side, as far as I see with a lot of manufacturers, the support is not as good as it used to be. And, I, and I'm hearing a lot of complaints from the technicians because I'm online, like I, I'm, I'm all my different platforms and stuff. And I see it all the time that some, some manufacturers, they won't even answer the phone or talk to you or answer an email until you get their factory training, even though the equipment is out there everywhere and you're working on it, but they won't support it unless you have been factory trained. Um, and there's other ones that are making it difficult to get to the top tier um, level of, of support. So you call in just some, some um, person that's not really highly trained within the trade and they're there to support you, but they just flip open a manual and start reading from it. And then if they can't find out the information in the manual, then they put in a, um, a request to go up to a higher level <laughs> tier of support where you should have just got that in the first place. So there's a lot of support breakdown, I find, um, on the HVAC side when it comes to, at least in the commercial side of things. Like I don't do any residential at the moment, so but I, I am noticing that. So I, hopefully that changes because it's, it's becoming a, an issue. Yeah, I mean again like you know it's always 
figuring out who's going to be your support team before you make their uh, before you make the decision to switch over to that brand or that company, right? And that's if you have a say, but um, you know, engineering specs. I'm sure if you're in the commercial industry, you know, you go based on what the engineer says. But um, yeah, like man, it's it's not easy anymore. Well, I, and to be honest, I don't think it ever was. Um, just imagine, like you talk about tech support, like just imagine 30 years ago, you didn't have a cell phone. Uh-huh. A, a boiler's down. Who do you call? No, you gotta, you gotta. What do you take a wiring diagram by hand? You take it in the supplier and you go, "Can you help me?" <laughs> right? Or you ask your your boss. Hopefully, he knows. Um, you know, I, I know things were much simpler, but at the same time, you know, let's scale that. You know, now we have a computer in our hand to figure out a problem before you had to, you know, send a, a beeper signal to somebody saying, Hey, this isn't, you know, there's no flame. What do I do? Yeah. And, and you're right about things being a lot more simple, like, uh, like a, take a residential furnace 30 years ago, it was basically a heat exchanger, a burner and a gas valve and a fan, a blower fan. Yeah. Now, now, now you have like ECM motors and you have, um, you have control systems that could be built into it. You have a, a, a control board on the thing that may have some proprietary um, controls on it where you need to know this and that. And it's, if, if you don't have a, a book or a manual there and these things are flashing codes at you or doing doing all kinds of weird things, um, you, you need the support from somebody. And if you can't find it, it's, it's, and it, it's not like you can go to some guy that's been in the trade for 30 years and go, hey, can you help me with this? Because he's not going to know either because the manufacturers are making it so difficult because they're all doing their proprietary thing, making things um, more um, less mechanical and, and more along the ways of the solid state type controllers and stuff like that. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a struggle at times, but we, we get by <laughs> eventually. Yeah, for sure, man. And I think like, you know, it's just uh man, life is full of challenges, doesn't matter what industry or what you do. Um, you know, it's how willing are you to solve the problem, right? Like one of the best things I was telling one of my apprentices today, you know, I was told when I was like 18 or 19, running around a van, I didn't know what was going on because I was always trying to get to the next job. And my own, my old boss goes, Dan, he goes, slow down. He goes, when you're done that call, you're going on another call. He's like, you're, you're going to be plumbing for a long time. He's like, just take a minute, take a breath, learn, absorb, and then go forward. Don't always try to be getting to that next call. Right. Um, that doesn't mean be lazy and be slow. It just means like, don't rush it. Right. Be methodical. Take a minute to breathe. Like if it takes an extra hour, but you make sure that you've checked everything so they don't get a call back, you know, it's worth three hours. So yeah. you really, you end up solving the client's issue, furthermore, understanding it and then taking it to that next level of customer service where, you know, you can really troubleshoot every single issue. You can refire a boiler, you can start up a water tank, whatever the system's, you know, issue is. Um, it can really allow you to just, just get, make sure you're doing it a hundred percent. I totally agree with you. And, and I find a lot of the, a lot of technicians are under the pressure they feel like I don't, maybe they are, maybe their boss or dispatcher is like, get in there, put a bandaid on it and leave because we have 10 calls after that for you to do. Um, and I can understand why 
a technician would feel the stress. But yeah, if, if you do just put a Band-Aid on it or you do rush through it, you're going to be back there at some point um, fixing oh, yeah. fixing a mistake you made. And then it's costing the company more money because now it's warranty and the, the customer is going to get angry because now the person's got to come back when they didn't want them to come back. They just want them to fix it and leave, right? Because now they got to arrange a time to be there and all that kind of stuff. So it's, it's a drag for everybody involved. So if you just, I always say, and this is not to be taken literally, it's, it's just a, a little phrase. It takes five minutes to be a better tech. And, and all that means is when you're done with something, just spend an extra five minutes. Sometimes it takes an extra half an hour, but the five minutes is just, it's just, yeah, just the same, part, yeah. part, part, part of the wording, right? It, just double check everything. Make sure the panel's back on. Make sure you zip tied that wire. Make sure that you have informed the customer of how to use this or that, whatever you installed. So there, every, everything's covered when you leave and you go home at night. You don't wake up and go, oh, shit, I forgot to do that. So it's just like, you know what I mean? Just take that extra time to do it right and, and move on. It's definitely that aha moment. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's a, it's a great way to put it. And I mean, it's just, you know, everyone wants to do a good job. We always say to our, our leadership team is no one's trying to make a mistake on purpose. Right? Nobody. No one is intentionally doing something wrong. So um allowing them the the time and the energy to make sure they do it right is so important and allowing them to know that they can call home or you know oh, i didn't want to look like an idiot well uh well you just cost me 400 dollars because we got to go back and we're going to have an upset client so from a leadership perspective it's really important to to take that extra time and explain the you know the methodical thoughts of this is how we want our business to run and this is why yeah, I would even take it a step further and encourage people. You you might not agree with me because you're in in a different um, position than I am. <laughs> I I I like. Hey, if you want to learn, break something, break break it on purpose to figure out how it works. And I don't know how many times I've I've I haven't like taken a hammer and smashed it open. And said, oh yeah, now I need a new one and come back and put a new one in. But I've broken a lot of things. Um, I've let the smoke out. I don't know if you know that term and, and the, the HVAC trade always says, that. oh, you let the smoke out of the motor. <laughs> you can't put it back in, right? Because you burnt <laughs> it. I've I've burnt out motors and contactors and thermostats just because I was tinkering so much trying to learn things. And I did not, back then I felt terrible and it was like, oh, a mistake, I'm an idiot. And, but now when I think about um, those experiences, all they are was learning experiences and I'm glad I did them because now I know, right? If I didn't do them, I'd be guessing and thinking, what What if I did do that? But now I know. So sometimes I encourage people to go out and step outside their comfort zone. And if they have to, eh, I don't know, <laughs> maybe damage something, and the, they're, they're going to learn. And and I know that's that's not a good thing for a business owner to say to somebody. But do, do you understand? You kind of understand where I'm coming from. Yeah, in a way. And, uh, uh, totally, man. I, mean, I think um, if you're doing something like that of an intent, as of like a, just if there's any apprentices out there, ask your boss to buy you one to do it in the shop. Because <laughs> I think, you know, in my opinion, that'd be great. Like, uh, I would, you know, we used to test out fittings. We used to pump fittings up to see their their breaking point. Because you'd think, oh, what if I don't pump the system up enough and I, and I blow something because it's cold? It's like, all right, well, 
we used to take things in school, especially when you get into advanced and, and got, some of the guys are pretty creative because um, mm-hmm. they have the skill set. Now, so let's pump this fucker up and see what we can get it to blow at, right? In a controlled environment rather than, you know, if you know, causing a fire or something like that. You obviously don't want, but yeah. If you, if, if you really want to learn, I totally agree with what you're saying. From an owner's perspective, ask your boss or your owner or your, your foreman that you want to see what the limits of something are. And then I guarantee they'll say no problem and they'll get an old unit and they'll do it in the shop for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. If, and if every other business you... owner that hears this podcast is going to go, <laughs> thank you for saying that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you can do it, if you can do it that way, that that's, that's fantastic. I just, yeah. I just been through my, through my well, career, I've mean, always you, just, I think you do it. I think you do it like unknowingly, right? Obviously, man, I've, I've made some massive mistakes in my, in my day. Um, you know, I'll be the first to admit, I put a hotline to a, a toilet one time and said, ah, I wonder if it'll just be okay. And I ran the hot water tank a couple of times and all of a sudden the hot water was steaming out of the toilet. And I go, Oh no, they're going to, oh. <laughs> uh, but I mean, I did it once and I didn't do it again. So you need a, um, need a bigger bathroom fan then if that was the case, <laughs> uh, yeah, someone just, you know, hot water and, uh, and people going to the bathroom don't mix well. No, it does not. Well, okay, man. Well, we, we've gone for like 40 minutes and, uh, uh, I know, I know you got to get ready for, for the next day. And that's, that's kind of what I, I wanted to ask you is because I seen, uh, a post of yours, maybe last week or the week before. And I think it was Sunday and you're Sunday evening and you're sitting on your computer going, man, I love getting ready for the next day. And I'm looking at your post going, man, you're energetic. Cause on Sunday, I just love laying on the couch and watching Netflix. So <laughs> good, good, good for you, man. Good for you. Thank you're going you. to get it. Yeah, I think you have to. Like, I mean, especially when you have that energy, like just, you know, it feeds off itself. So, yeah, I, I definitely have a daily routine. We're up up at five, gym for a quarter to six, and, and away we go. Um, and I think, you know, that, that energy just fuels me to, to get after it for the day and, and kind of plan, plan a day of success and plan a day of productivity um, mm-hmm. rather than allowing the day to get you, get you, you know what I mean? Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Take, take control of your day and, and not let the day control you. So good, good way to end it, Daniel. Thank you very much, man. I appreciate your time. Man, my absolute pleasure. And thanks for having me on. And I look forward to hearing it in the future. All right. So if you guys are on the fence about owning your own business, guess what? Daniel, I think has given you some push, right? And some advice and some of the things he's done, some of the things he's accomplished in his six years of owning a business is incredible. And listen, make sure when you build a business, you build it correctly. Make sure you team build. Make sure you, you're, a, you're a thought leader in, in your community. Make sure you're a community leader in general. Like Give back. Give back to the community that gives to you and supports your business. That is very important. And give back to your employees that support your business. Because good employees are hard to find. And when you find them, train them up and keep them happy where they are, right? It's just about building that team up. And when you build that team up with a positive mindset and a positive attitude, your business will flourish. All right, you got to keep that in mind. Anyway, guys, thanks for listening. Daniel, thank you for getting on with me. Great talking to you. I'm out. Happy HVACing. Hope you enjoyed the show. Follow HVAC Know It All on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, LinkedIn, 
and anywhere else Gary feels like popping up. This has been a Two Smokes and a Coffee production.